Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, I'm enjoying a hot cup of Redbud City Coffee Roasters while we record. Uh, it is literally raining sponsors these days. Uh, I'm also wrapped, ensconced in some uh, some new fabric from Muskox. Piper, tell us about uh, our new clothing partner, Muskox. Yeah, so our partner for last episode and this episode is uh, Muskox Men's Muskox, not Muskox. I don't know what that is. Uh, men's <laughs> Apparel. And so it's basically outdoor gear that looks nice enough to wear to uh, your business casual encounters, your reformed church. Goes well with beards, uh, if that's still a thing you're into. Um, but it really is nice, really high-quality gear. So they have flannels. They have uh, pullovers, like the quarter zip kind of things. They have hoodies. They have T-shirts. I think each of us has kind of like one of each thing. And I haven't run across a piece of their gear yet that I don't think is – is pretty fantastic to the point where after they sent us some free stuff, I went out and bought a bunch, um, even though it's not the cheapest, but it is the nicest. It's like the nicest outerwear that I own. I love it. Um, so listeners, if you go to gomuskox.com, that's gomuskox.com, uh, browse their stuff and then you use the code um, HAPPYRANT at checkout, you'll get a 15% discount. If you just go browse their stuff, you'll get a sense of the style and the quality. Um, but yeah, all three of us wear it. We all love it. It's really good stuff. GoMuskox.com. Use the code HAPPYRANT. Get a 15% discount. So that's not, uh, that's not, a, that's not a tiny discount. 15% is pretty measurable. So check that out. Absolutely. Fantastic gear pipe. I love my stuff too. Um, and it's beards optional. You don't have to have a beard. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm 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 like the fresh faced kid over here, and I love their stuff. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, they kid. they do allow the non bearded crowd. I'm not sure how they feel about the vulnerability voice crowd, but you know, mm. my guess is they'll take your money. V voice optional, yeah, for sure. Pipe, have you ever experimented with a beard? Like when all the reformed dudes or all the all the like Christian outdoorsy like North Face guys were growing a beard, did you ever like? experiment with that like over a break or anything like that I mean, it's not even like i don't even have the capacity that's like asking have i ever experienced with or have i experimented <laughs> with growing feathers like it's just yeah, yeah it's not even a scientific possibility yeah and i've definitely experienced moments of jealousy uh-huh. but as i listen to other men go into great detail about beard grooming yeah i'm yeah. i'm that's super content with the fact that i shave two to four times a week four would be wow. a real so it's, it's really nice to not shave and not absolutely need- absolutely baby what's your beard situation now are you are you rocking a little stubble or you got the whole thing or what are we looking at down there no i'm always kind of more of a uh, i do more of a medium right i don't like the yeah. i don't like the big full and you know kind of just you know yeah. super reformed super hipstery thing that drops down about six inches that's not <laughs> me. i need to be a little tidier i need yeah. to feel a little yeah. cleaner yeah. So you want to yeah. look like you have a neck is what you're saying. I want to look like I have a neck, but I'm also like pipe in that I was shaving since the age of like, unlike pipe, I was shaving since the age of like <laughs> six. Really? So, so you were like early beard guy. Oh, totally early beard guy. Yeah. I got oh, it. come from an Italian Portuguese family. Everybody yeah. shaved from birth. Yeah. And um, yeah. so to me to <laughs> not have to shave is like just the greatest gift. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a book I wrote last year, boys, called The Best Gift Ever Given, which, by the way, is back wow. uh, in the sales racks on Harvest House. But um, is not it really? shaving what? is, 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 it, is, is it, the it, other best it, gift ever given it, to me. 
it's like a seasonal, and that's a good promo by you, baby. Absolutely. Did you like yeah, that, that was professional that was work right there. I'm I'm super impressed. Dude, the thing about shaving too for me is it's kind of a hard thing, which reminds me of a great essay collection called "The Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day," um, which I wrote. That uh, I've got an exclusive with our our little business partner Amazon.com and Jeff Bezos, so you can visit his website www.amazon.com. Well, I think Guys, did, I, did, did I mention did I mention how much? Oh, go ahead, Ronnie. Well, I was going to say for you, Pipe. I mean. I think when it comes to things like shaving, I mean, what we're, you know, and, and you, we talk about grooming and we talk about just the, the trials and challenges of mm. being a man mm. in this world that we live in today. I mean, <laughs> one of the things that we hope for by not having to shave as much is just a little bit more uh, happiness. And Pipe, you have something to say there about is. that now, don't you? Yeah, I, I really not shaving makes me genuinely happy, which um, I cover in my latest book, Hoping for Happiness, that released uh, as of earlier this month. So, um, man, this who knew that shaving tied to so much literary greatness mm. on this podcast? Oh, there's such it's, a really, time. it's really amazing. So much boring self-promotion. Uh, <laughs> but boys, lest we just self-promote all the live long day, we do have content. Uh, Piper... We have launched something for our uh, Patreon. Patreon, Patreon? How, how Patreon. are we saying that? Patreon. Yeah, it's, we, it's we, funny because, yeah, well, I, they're patrons, so I guess it's Patreon. It sounds Latin, so I think it's it's very reputable. It sounds patronizing. Patronizing. Yeah, well, That's we sound patronizing, uh, but it sounds reputable. Mm. Anyway, we, we've launched a new little podcast series uh, only for our Patreon supporters in which – after we record one of those mini apps, we always reflect on how much better it was than our actual app. So uh, in the spirit of that, we're just going to go with a longer version of one of those apps. And uh, in that spirit pipe, you've got a couple of questions to lay on the group. Um, so let's uh, yeah. let's let's kick that off, man. Let's get that fired up. Yeah. So what we've done on those episodes, the two that we've released so far, although at the time that this at the time that this drops, maybe there will be a third. Um is we I, I just surprise you guys with a single question and then we all mm -hmm. answer this question, chew on it a little bit, and uh, hopefully give our listeners some enjoyment. So that's what that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to surprise you guys with some questions, and I'm going to try to do the kinds of questions that you didn't have to like come with a prepared list of favorites or something like that. Um, so okay, so this is let, let's let's tee up one. This is something that all of us have a uh, a lot of enjoyment in. What is the best genre? of movie Ooh. so just just mm. categorically speaking you're like oh i always go back to this genre it's the best best genre of movie wow mm. um that's good pipe that's that's a good question ronald do you have uh do you have anything teed up and and while you're thinking about it pipe did you get the picture of the space that ronald is in right now I did. It it uh, it made me feel like he's going to end up in a stock photo for an entrepreneurial, uh, like like an entrepreneurial yeah. stock photo somewhere, or which which doubles as a church planting stock photo. You could yeah, you could you could Google like stock image side hustle or stock image like hipster church plant and yeah, yeah it's or, like yeah, if you up. if you Google like collaborate, yeah, it's you know, be urban like can we talk about very, something like urban share space, isn't it? Yes. When is exposed brick and ductwork gonna jump the shark? Because I feel Never. like it's been around since the emergent church. Never. So we're talking since early two thousands. Like this motif has been in play. I feel like it's gotta be. It's gotta be about over. Um, I mean, it's hard to say how brick is ever gonna go out of date. But I I hear what you're saying though, T. You yeah. Know? 
I mean, I think it it used to be the reason it came it, the reason it became super popular is because it was like reclaimed space, you know, yes. so it's a warehouse or whatever, which Ronnie knows a little bit about reclaiming warehouses. Um, and and like it's just kind of and it's cheap. It's real inexpensive to not do anything with an old warehouse <laughs> besides like polish the floor and put some some new windows in. Judas, so look I think as long as as long as you don't have to spend money, I think it's going to it's going to remain in. This could be the stock photo. There's a little coffee machine in the background. There's like oh, yeah, a yeah. perfectly diverse group of people, one of whom is laughing. Um, this is this is really amazing. You should actually, if you look closer, uh, T. It's it's Big M. Big M's in the photo. Is that right? I couldn't that's tell. That's Big M. Yeah, the, the, wow. one of the one of the few females. You know that's yeah. wow. That's there, there we go. The, there we go again. The League uh, of Men. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Um, Michael Ronnie with the misogyny again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they say, Pipe. Te- teach a man to identify an, a misogynist and he'll, he'll be in Podcast for a lifetime. Life. Yeah. yeah, he'll podcast for a lifetime. Famous words um, of Big M, man. There's just nothing more fun than misogynists. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm life sure people are just having a blast with that last episode that we dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I had at least one person reach out and say, hey, it, it was better than the politics one. So I guess misogyny is better than politics. Currently. Dude, misogyny is so much better than politics. I don't even have words other than misogynistic words. Davey, so where are you right now? Like, are you, you're at a conf, it looks like. Yeah, so I'm downtown Louisville for the virtual Sojourn Network uh, conf, which, by the way, is no more, no longer Sojourn Network, but we're called Harbor Network. And so this is like, we, we kind of did our big re last night. No, what was the purpose did, for? <laughs> why did you travel if it's virtual and digital? That the do you not have? The, do you, I guess we know, we know how well the internet to? works. Yeah, we know how well the internet works. For <laughs> what you you just said? Why did you travel to Ronnie? <laughs> Ron, Ronnie Tarmac, please forgive me. Now I notice in the picture, Ronald, that like nobody's wearing a mask, nobody's socially distanced. Do you hate people? I mean, you just must well, not I, care. I noticed I was standing back from them while I took the photo, judging my wife. You were, yeah, yeah, that's right. right. No, so the, um, so the rebrand was Sojourn kind of came out of Sojourn Community Church. And for years now, they've wanted to sort of like make a clear distinction, um, between those two things and sort of let the network sort of carry on sort of without that Mm -hmm. as, um, something that doesn't really, you know, represent our values and mission like it used to. So it was just time to sort of like, uh, begin again. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So it's Harbor now. Did it's everybody Harbor. get like a little like a little like yachtsman's cap or absolutely? Let me yeah, nautical yeah, themed yeah. like merch yeah, for the rebrand. It, it's the compass and the yachtsman's yeah, cap. The compass, and, the yachtsman's yeah. cap for sure. Yeah, exactly. So we're uh, yeah we're doing all we're uh, man. It's it's just like we're out on a sailboat now, just you know mm. traversing through the the choppy waters of church planning now together as well. Did it you? Is. Uh, like the officers in the in the denomination or the network, or do they have sort of nautical themes? Is it like captain, first mate, first <laughs> mate? There's been so many nautical jokes the last oh. six months. It's literally beyond belief if people would have heard just all the all the stuff that's been thrown out with this name. It's amazing. Yes. Well, I mean, nothing says like. Lean- like when you talk about theology, is it like leaning leeward or starboard? Oh, dude, 100%. Like anything <laughs> okay. you've said, you, you're not going to come up with anything new. We've said it all. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm proud of you guys for coming up with all the jokes. That's good. You got you to gotta ring that out. Yeah, we, we've rung it out so that they're not even like new or funny jokes anymore so that we can actually be serious about the name. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of serious about things, are you guys going to seriously answer the question I posed, or are we just? Yeah, man, I'm in. I'm ready. What do you got, Ronald? Best genre of movies. So for me, man, I I just love. So my fave, man, is um. I probably have two favorite genres. I really love. I really love drama. I love drama. Like I love. This is going to be weird, man, but I love scenes in movies of like people sitting around a table talking about things. Mm. You know what I mean? So I and again, you can get that in any genre of of movie. Why do you think I, you love that so much? I there's I don't know. There's something like comforting and interesting and um, uh, familiar about that to me. Mm-hmm. So that that's why. Well, I mean, T. That's why I love. That's why I love Downton Abbey so much because yeah. the whole thing yeah. is just filled with conversation, and I love totally. conversation. So I love conversations personally as as a, as a man. And I and I love watching movies of people having like conversations that are like to me interesting. But I also love so that can be that can fit any genre. I get that. Mm-hmm. But you know what I love too is I I love um I love kind of twisty like mysterious like mystery kind of genre movies. You know like mm-hmm. whether it's a um you know whether it's a whether it's a whether it's a Nolan film or just something where or like or like even an M Night Shyamalan. You know where you just don't know. Dude, you what, love Shammy, didn't you? I do love Sham and I love I, Nolan and I love I love just, early Sham. I yeah. love that kind of stuff where there's just like there's some twist where you just can't figure it out, you don't know what's going on mm. and um and you're just kind of intrigued like the whole Dude, what's your favorite world. uh what's your favorite Shammy film? Um if I have to go back to one, if they're all just sitting there and I got to pick one, it's usually yeah. a toss up between Unbreakable and The Village. Yeah, I'm a big The Village guy. I, like I know that's controversial, T. I think we've talked about that. Most mm-hmm. people don't like The Village because there wasn't a twist, but to me, it was the non-twist was the twist. Yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, they're they're. I feel I feel like there was a big twist in The Village. Well, you know? right, but it was like it wasn't. It, it was wasn't like that. supernatural. It was just right. Like it was that the monster stuff. wasn't really the monster, but yet it's yeah. kind spoiler of was. alert. Spoiler alert. Dude, spoiler you alert on the, the movie in the last movie. two decades. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm the one who reads all the hate mail, so this is me covering my own um, Hyde, can we inbox. just apologize to you right now for that arduous job of just weeding through all of the the, the hate the hate rant mail? I'm happy to let you guys do it if you want. No way, dude. No, you know what? Okay, why when, don't we just let Pipe just continue with the job that God's blessed him with? Dude, what's, uh, what's our hate mail situation lately? Are you are you fielding a lot? Has it been higher than usual? It can't be that bad. No, we have uh, we almost all of the interactions we get are people with ideas for the show, which we, we I know we don't always do them, listeners, but I do appreciate them because they just generally they kind of show what you guys enjoy. That's great. Uh, we occasionally get we occasionally get thank yous, you know, hi, I'm at a church where nobody has a sense of humor and you guys are a lifeline. I feel really bad for those people, but also glad we can help. And then, yeah, like only periodically do we get a, we get, we get a lot of fact checking because people are under the assumption we care about accuracy on this podcast. Um, and we don't, which is why we don't (laughs) research or prepare at all. Um, but yeah, not, not a lot of hate mail these days. It's actually pretty light. So, um, yeah, Dude, I'm, no, I'm no, fascinated no by the kind of person that says, huh, I heard something on the podcast I was listening to while mowing the lawn and I know it's wrong. So I'm going to I'm, I'm just I'm dropping an email like Big T. Can you even imagine caring that deeply about? No, something? <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> it's just a, it's it's 
it's a fascinating personality type and I'm not, I'm not throwing shade on it. I'm just, I'm interested in that kind of person because like I, I would, I would venture to say that none of us are that kind of person. I, yeah, I wonder what, like, is there a sense of like the world is a better place because I hit send on that? Yeah. Um, the, there's like, there's a, there's a writing of wrongs aspect there yeah, is. The world is a. I'm bringing order to chaos. Yeah, you know? for yeah, sure. This it, 2020 is an utter disaster, but this this is something that I can I can speak life into. But at least these Yahoos know that M Night Shyamalan's The Village came out in 2001 and not 1998. You see, know? there's like uh, a, that's a personality type though, man. That they just let, like it bothers them when somebody doesn't get like a like a technicality. Like yeah. they, they go off on the technicalities, man, and it's just like yeah. When I, I don't know. There, I feel there, like it's, yeah, go ahead, Pipe. As I said, I feel like it's always something that hits close to home. So, you know, we get a fact wrong. Like, I, I said something uh, about, I don't know, I was in several episodes, and it was about friends. And I got a character's mm-hmm. name wrong. It was like Janet or Janice, and I got him confused. And uh, and I got called out for it because friends is near and dear to somebody's heart. So this isn't sure. – they're not just, like, fact-checking us like some nerdy researcher. But if you get the fact wrong about the thing they care about, yeah. oh, boy – but that's just, just a funny their, thing, their, though, their isn't friend. it? Because the, it's oh, to me, it's always like, dude, you didn't like write that episode of Friends. Like, you know, it's like if somebody says, "Oh, you know, the fourth gospel of Jonah in the Bible," I'd be like, "Yeah, cool." You know, I mean, it's like, well, it's weird. I mean, there there are things that we all would agree that are important to get right, right? I mean, we're all we're all the kind of people who I think, end of the day, we're defending, you know, certain theological ideas. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe in light of that, everything that seems trivial just doesn't seem worth defending. I don't well, know. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. it's one thing to say like you're intentionally kind of like twisting something, or you're coming at you're coming at something from a perspective that can be debated or disagreed with. It's another thing if you're pipe and you're talking about like this this old sitcom and you screw up one of the names and somebody right. wants to take the time to correct that is right. just verging on insanity to me it is it is but it's uh it's part and parcel with the world we live in it's uh the world we live in and life in general big t it really is it is baby don't it's you top, wish we could movie genres don't you wish we could harken back to a simpler time like like the age of downton abbey where yes it, it was much time. harder to correct someone right you had to sit down at your like teak like bureau and write a handwritten letter and put it in the mail and um, you know, your, your butler would have to drive it to the post office. I mean, it was a lot of work back then, <laughs> but, but big T what about, but check it out. And we're not, well, obviously don't worry, pipe. We're not doing an abs episode right now, but, no, no, no. um, you know, what's crazy about Downton is like, you notice that like they were saying wrong things all the time. And the response that people had was to not respond. That oh, was, no. the response. can you imagine an era no, in which people didn't no. respond to every single thing to me? The I, greatest response is no response. Well, I think that's the that's the kind of gentility of that era. And I find myself more and more being drawn to I think this is my answer to Pipe's question 20 minutes later. Um, period pieces. Like films about other periods mm. of time where people were less plugged in, less connected, mm-hmm. the world was less electronic. Um, your life was more about the people in your life and less about like some amorphous faceless audience that you were trying to interact with and i don't know i'm drawn to that like i just mean like what we're doing every week on the pod well yeah dude right i mean 
Um, I don't know. And I like doing this, but if it went away tomorrow, I wouldn't be crushed. No offense, but I mean, I, I just, I enjoy it, but it's, it's weird in that, you know, it, especially in the absence of live shows, like I always look forward to the live shows because it was a chance to totally like humanize our audience a little bit. You know what I mean? It was a chance to put names of faces and a chance to, you know, just connect and laugh with people in person, which was awesome. Um, and have and no people fear. could get up come back. Those will come back. Get up at the microphone and correct us to our faces instead of sending a tweet. Exactly, we, it was so much stuff. more efficient, you know, that way. But, uh, but yeah, like time travel period pieces. Um, I'm I'm a fan of those kinds of movies. I think one that we share big R is sports. Um, mm. Sports as a genre, you know, just the kind of redemptive stories that that come out of a sports context. Um, I'm always a, a fan of that kind of genre. Those are very drama driven to me though. They are, they are dramatic. Yeah. They're They're always dramatic. There's way more time off the field talking about the field than there is on the field. The the movie that we share, I think the most affection for, you know, collectively you and me is Moneyball and Moneyball is nothing if not a people sitting around a table talking movie. Yeah. There's literally like two scenes out on the field. That's it. And, and they're the most boring two scenes of the movie, I would argue. Right. Um, with the exception of Hattie's home run spoilers. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, no, no argument. Yeah. No argument there. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the ultimate dialoguing around a table movie written by Aaron Sorkin. Who's the kind of the king of, of that kind of dialogue. Um, Piper, what about you? Favorite movie genre? Um, it, it kind of depends on, uh, state of mind. Mm-hmm. I tend to watch movies to turn my brain off Sure. Which means that the more like emotionally intense movies are ones I have to kind of get in the right frame of mind for, you know, so yeah. real intense dramas. I don't dislike them. It's just like I have to be geared up for those. Heist movies, by and large, are ones that I always enjoy. A bad heist movie is still fun to me, you know, yeah. and I don't even know what a bad heist movie is. It's kind of like saying a bad pun. It's like you either enjoy these or you don't, but there's yeah. not a bad version of them, I don't think. Dude, now I wanna I wanna go in on this for a second and ask a couple of follow up questions because I like heist movies too. Why, why is it that we're so enamored with the idea of theft? Because mm-hmm. if, if somebody said to you know any of us you know go go steal something this afternoon, we would I'm I'm sure we would all say no. But yet if somebody said to us go sit down and watch a movie for two hours about some guys who steal stuff. And you're going to really like the guys and root for them. Like, what's what's happening there? That's a good question. Because that, yeah, every every enjoyable heist movie, the bad guys are the good guys. It's like a yeah. either there's a Robin Hood theme, or the or it's like it's a less bad guy robbing a more bad guy. So you know, it's a, totally it's yeah, a career criminal robbing a drug lord. You're like, well, it's one Danny of these Ocean two kills- rob, robbing Terry yes. Benedict. You know, who's just slightly worse than Danny Ocean. Yeah, he's basically a a casino boss mobster, and Danny Ocean is like a clever, petty criminal. And so there's a bit of a David and Goliath, except you're like, yeah, Yeah. but but God's not on either of their side. Um, I mean, you could argue that that, that Terry Terry Benedict has the more legitimate day job. Like, at least he files a W-2 and, you know, lives mostly above board. Terry Benedict was not really the villain. He just wasn't a really great dude to uh, Julia Roberts, right? Yeah, he was He was right. not a great boyfriend to Julia Roberts. He That's was the only, a bad boyfriend. 
That right. was his right. claim. <laughs> exactly. He well, was I, I think, boy. yeah, there was yeah. a twisted rationale that, like, casinos are taking other people's money in there. And so there's a, like, it doesn't hurt them. The house always wins. So maybe we can yeah, yeah, win yeah. this round kind of thing. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's. I think there's sort of a like a clever puzzle solving, like what can you get away with kind of thing. It feels the way that a heist movie is portrayed usually has more to do with like what the good ones. So the ones that don't make you feel slimy and most of them don't is the person being robbed isn't really harmed by this or they deserve to be harmed by this. They're either a terrible person or it's like like the great train robbery. It was like payroll. They were robbing a payroll. So it was the government's money and – you know, robbing the government, whatever. They've been robbing us for years. Um, <laughs> like that's sort of the stance of it. And then there's then there's the yeah, just sort of the clever like the the underdog winning kind of thing. And then there's this whole clever plot, like who do they have to fool? Who do they have to trick? All the moving pieces have to come together. So there's a touch of suspense. There's way more room for humor in uh in a heist movie than there is saying like a war movie and i love i like historic war movies i don't love the ones about like iraq and afghanistan those hit a little close to home but world war one world war two vietnam etc but those are not those are those are not fun movies those are you know those are intense movies whereas heist movies are always like yeah there's kind of no harm done in the end it's kind of what it feels like what what about the what about the intensity of those types of war movies, what do you think appeals to you about this? Um, the same things that you were saying about sports movies, I find to be true about war movies. I don't like sports movies by and large because I love sports and everything. It's 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 interesting to me that, Ted, that you do like them because yeah. when we do the sports podcast, the stuff that you gripe about is all the non-sports stuff that gets attached to sports. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel like sports movies are all the stuff about sports that I find uninteresting. I don't care oh. about the players' personal lives. I don't right. care about the – like Moneyball was different because it had to do with the sport. It just had yeah. to do with the behind-the-scenes ownership aspect. Yeah, yeah. I feel like war movies do everything you guys said about the kind of the drama, the interpersonal aspects, the, the, the brotherhood, the mission, the whatever it is mm-hmm. in, uh, in a more concentrated form. And a form that um, I find, you know, there's sort of a genuine heroism in it. Whereas sports yeah. is like win or lose. You're not really a hero. You're an athlete. So, um, well, and with with sport with uh, war movies and heist movies, I think there's there's the aspect of it allows you to experience something that you actually hope to never experience in real life. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, there's yeah, there's sort of a there's a there's a an aspirational heroism there where you're sure. like, man, it would be amazing to be that kind of hero. I hope I never have to be, yeah. um, you know, I don't ever want to be in a car chase with 42 cops in, you yeah. know, trying to get away from a heist. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to be running, running through rifle fire. That doesn't sound at all interesting to me, but huge respect to those who do, yeah, you know, no doubt. do it out of necessity. So yeah, I think both of those genres are ones that I tend to enjoy. Um, I, I do like historical kind of historical period pieces as well. That all depends on the writing though. You know, like mm-hmm. I, it's not a genre I would say I like regularly. It really has to be written well in terms of the dialogue, the pacing, et cetera. But yeah. the one, those are ones I enjoy a lot more now than I did, you know, five or 10 years ago. Yeah. Nice. One more, one more follow up question and then we'll get, uh, we'll get Piper's second question for us. Big R. 
Um, baby, have you seen the BBC's Pride and Prejudice? Have we talked about this? The like six part um, Colin Firth thing. Yeah. Is it wait? Is it recent? Is it new? No, dude. No, it's like twenty years old. Yeah, it's old, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I saw it a long time ago, so I probably don't remember a lot about it. It's the only Pride and Prej I ride with, and really? uh, I just I, I just wondered if you felt the same way about it. I mean, uh, are you talking about like so? Wait a minute, was it like a BBC made for TV thing, or dude, it, it was a yeah, it was a BBC like mini series circa twenty years ago, and uh, it had like Colin Firth, Jennifer Eel, um, and it's great. Like it's a really good Pride and Prej adaptation. Compared to the newish one, the one with Keira Knightley that came out a few years ago, which KK and I were both kind of meh about. Which I, uh, I actually like that one, but I do remember the first one. But again, I saw it so long ago, I don't remember it. But I might need to dig yeah. it back up. Yeah, revisit, think, baby. Revisit and let me know what you think. Because I like Firth, man. In those roles, he's just the kid. Dude, Firth just kills it in those roles. Yeah, yeah. and this is a great one for him, for sure. Nice. I appreciate the uh, the tip. The pro well, tip. no problem, baby. Yeah, no problem. Pipe, do you have uh, do you have another question for us? I do. Uh, let's see here. Okay, let's go to let let's bring it into the home the home front. Um, <laughs> what is the best piece of parenting advice you've ever received? And best being something that's memorable that helped you. You know, you don't have to list any number, but a piece of parenting advice that you thought, man, that was that that changed my trajectory as a parent or encouraged me when things were really crappy. <sighs> wow. Things are really kind of crappy right now, so it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to put myself in the in the headspace of a successful parent at this very moment. But uh, man, I got to think about that for a second. Big R, do you have one that that like immediately hops to mind? Yeah, for sure. One sticks about? out. Yeah, pretty, take it away. Pretty long for me. It was um, it was it was just it was a few years ago, and uh, it was uh, it was from a pastor who uh, I won't say his name, but I, I think a lot of us have, you know, have a little bit of connection with him. And, uh, and he Steven basically, Furtick. he basically, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Steven were hanging. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was on his futon. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah we, we both, we both had a futon and uh, no, uh, I think it was this man. It was having a little bit of an older kid um, mm -hmm. and talking about how you get to a place with your kid where the relationship has shifted and you have a hard time making that transition because, you know, with our kids, we, we kind of keep them at this like eight year old mm -hmm. kind of like age bracket for way too long. We have the tendency to do that as parents because mm -hmm. it's safe. Um, you can still tell them what to do, quote unquote. It's, it, it feels, oh, you still feel like you can protect them. Yeah. Um, and one of the, one of the greatest, um, I think, um, words of advice I got was to let, let them go like in a way that says, hey, you are really trusting the Lord for their life, their salvation, for the trajectory of the future. And, yeah. uh, and if, you can, if you can start praying that way and giving their lives over to the Lord and letting things go that are really unhelpful that you, you continue to hang on to in a way that is actually damaging the relationship and yeah. it's keeping you sort of constantly um, unsettled. And just mm -hmm. thinking like, man, I got to have my hand, I got to have my hands over every situation. I got to be, I got to really be, you know, far more smothering than I need to be. And yeah. I think just, again, it wasn't something that just changed everything, but it gave me a way to pray and a way to let things go in a way that was going to create greater health 
between me and my daughter in terms of our relationship and then even just me and and Big M, you know, and how and how mm-hmm. we parented. So it helped us shift our parenting and how we think of our parenting a little bit. So that was super helpful for us. Yeah, no, that's good, man. Yeah, I think for us a couple of things. Like one, and and these are trite. They're not they're not groundbreaking, but taking time to remain like a married couple in the midst mm-hmm. of all the all the parenting battles you have to go through, and and especially now as our boys. The dynamic is different, right? They're not little kids anymore. They're they're both teenagers. And, you know, in the little kid years, we were just like gritting our teeth and trying to get to bedtime. But but now it's like the, the problems, the issues are more nuanced. They're more at the heart level. It feels more comprehensive in that you can kind of keep talking about these things indefinitely with your yeah. spouse, right? And I think we've we've realized that it's it's really profitable to like sometimes put a moratorium on talking about the kids and their problems and, you know, just remind ourselves that we enjoy, we enjoy each other. We enjoy being married. We enjoy having a family. Um, we don't have to solve all the problems tonight or this morning or whatever. Um, and just remembering that, you know, one of the best things we can do for our kids is, is to keep enjoying each other and keep having a healthy marriage. And, uh, you know, so that's that's been really helpful. But I think the other thing is just modeling, modeling commitment to the local church for your kids. You know, so our kids seeing us, you know, being involved, staying committed to stuff, even when it doesn't feel good or even when you're too tired to go to small group or whatever. Um, I, they've really they've really embodied that, you know, and I've seen it, especially in in our oldest son, like remaining committed to youth group, even when it doesn't always feel fun, which we go to a reformed church. So youth group is just another like hour and 15 minute long sermon. So, um, sometimes it doesn't feel fun. Um, but all kidding aside, we, we love it and they love the local church now. And, um, just seeing their commitment to it has been really joyful. That's awesome, man. Good. Yeah, work. for sure. For sure. And I think the thing that I appreciate, the thing that I appreciate about all of the advice that you guys just shared that was shared with you is that none of it was like, it's not technique stuff. It's more like perspective, Mm -hmm. which it, this, the same thing is true for the ones that stand out to me. They're not like do this with your kids and life will be better kind of thing. Cause I don't, I don't know that that works. Both of them are perspective. So the first, the first was, um, you know, when, when my girls were really little being reminded that the, like the kids are not the hinge on which life turns. They're, they're part of a life that like God's already given you, you know, you have a direction you have, whether it's a call or whatever. So you fold the kids into it, you give them all the necessary devotion, attention, love, affection, but you just, you can't center your life on your kids or you become kind of a, a shell of yourself and they become a pretty twisted version of themselves and they can't, a child is not made to bear the expectations and pressures of a parent, you know, like they, they need the parent to bear them. Um, so that was a big one. Just kind of, it it took a lot of pressure off of how are my kids turning out, so to speak, because, because they're not, they're not the most important, uh, defining factor. The, the second one, was when they were about that same age, somebody just reminded me, don't get into the mindset of missing the days before, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, as your kids grow out of the cute phase, which is usually about like 
around the time they start school, they just stop being adorable and they, they turn yeah. into elementary school kids, which are not adorable. They're, they're annoying. And, <laughs> but they're more fun in a lot yeah. of ways. And that yeah. was, that was the perspective was like, recognize the, the cool things that happen when your kids get older so that you can keep enjoying being a parent. And, you know, that I'd say fits and starts for me on that one. But my daughters are almost 15 and almost 12 now. And I, I enjoy being their dad more now, even though those ages bring their own sets of challenges rather than like my mom sent a whole bunch of pictures to me uh, yesterday from when the girls were, you know, three and six or something. Yeah. And they were really cute and fun and great memories, but I wasn't sort of sucked back into, oh, I miss those days so much. It was more just like, I'm yeah. grateful for those days. Also, I get to teach my daughter to drive this year, which is yeah. terrifying, but like, that's cool. It's cool. It's to awesome, man. It's so fun. Her into the world and yeah. stop having her ask me to take her places and those kinds yeah. of things. So, uh, I think that just those two those two perspectives have been helpful to kind of order life well in terms of expectations for the kids and pl- placed on them and for myself. And then finding the enjoyment of being a dad of of teenage girls, which you know everybody was like, "Oh, teenagers, it's going to be rough." And I'm like, "Yeah, maybe." But maybe it'll be way more fun than having a, an eight and an 11 year old. Pipe, it can yeah. be super fun, man. Yeah, because Absolutely. they're getting to an age where like the conversations begin to expand and you guys can share a lot of the, I don't, maybe you've experienced this already, but like it's kind of fun when you start, sh- you can share like the same interests rather than kind of having to like duck yourself down to some of the things that they like because they're, you know, they're, they're a little more elementary, you know, in nature. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it can be super fun. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think watching them like learn how to have a sense of humor because kids kids are funny by accident, but when when they grow into like they're clever, they yeah, they're yeah. witty. They kind of put you in your place. Like you know, probably once or twice a week, one of my daughters says something that's just like a shot across the bow of you know, kind of reminding me that they're really smart and uh, <laughs> and I'm not always the smartest guy in the room. And I love yeah. it. It's so fun. I'm yeah. still waiting for that to happen with my kid, but yeah, but I totally get what you're saying. With <laughs> you're uh, you're like still the smartest guy in the room. Correct. Yeah. yeah no. Well, yeah, but and, she's the smartest person in the room. So uh, stop with the misogyny, Ronnie. Oh, there it goes. Here we are, there guys. Let is. me just uh, let me just talk to you about a little thing called misogyny here for a few minutes. Oh, we're mansplaining now. This is wonderful, <laughs> dude. He doesn't even have his doctorate yet, and he's mansplaining. I love it. I've only been mansplained to men. That's not how it works. Dude, where is where is Jared at with the whole misogyny thing? Is he is he like enjoying <laughs> having that conversation with you, or is he a little uncomfortable about it? Um, I think uh, I think Jared C would be um, you know, he's pretty anti the the misogyny thing, you know. So you guys are having fun with that at the same. Oh, uh, that's all like, we. You're discovering it. He's, he honestly, he's we discover it together. It's all we talk about. Yeah, I just say Dude, you know have so- a have a misogynistic Monday, Jared. It's so C. fun we'll to just, discover things together in a it relationship. It is, man. It comes it? out everywhere. I mean, that's what the, the one guy said to me in the context now, of my, everything. in the yeah. context of my marriage, but for you and Jared C. in the context of oh yeah, whatever it is you guys have going on. I mean, what could be healthier than a friendship based on misogyny? Yeah, that's, it's super. It just fun. sounds so idyllic. Yeah, yeah. it's super fun. Have a we're uh, we're shopping at Madewell together now and everything. It's sweet. Oh, he upgraded from TJ Maxx, huh? Yeah, he has. He's well, you know, he's hanging out with Big R now, so there are new standards that are needing to be put into place. <laughs> Dude, what, you do a pod what, with Big R, there's some standards, you know. Is, is, is Piper, this is for you. 
is Jared going to slowly start to dress like Big R, or is Big R going to slowly start to dress like Jared? You know how in a friend... A I'm friend trying group, not to be offended by that latter comment right now. Very. No, 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 no. You, you know how in a friend group, like, subtly the dynamic shifts to, like, whoever the alpha is. I mean, as a as a expert in misogyny now, you don't you don't see alphas. I get that. But uh, Pipe, who do you think who do you think changes their style to suit the other in this relationship? It's unbelievable that question's being asked right now. I mean, the the thought of Ronnie changing his style is is completely on the table if you go back and look historically at photos of him. However, uh, I think he's arrived at a place where his his uh, sartorial stylings are are pretty locked in. Like I yeah. think Ronnie's probably gonna dress pretty much like this mm-hmm. until he's dead. And so I I think there's a strong gravitational pull for Jared to like lose the cargo shorts <laughs> and uh, and move in the direction of you know yeah. Yeah. Ronnie's multi- you... multiple jackets and and leather boots and the like. There's a time in your it, there's a time when you need to enter into and and this is obviously my philosophy as a man. There's a time when you need to enter into the classic phase of mm. stylistic integrity. Mm. And now, um, yeah. I don't I don't know. I've I've never seen Jared in real life, so I don't know how big he is compared to you, but are you guys like sharing clothes now? Can he like does he have dibs? Can he go into your closet and and take like a faux military jacket whenever he feels like it? And, no, and I mean of, for sure we're not. I mean yeah. we're not at that place. I mean, okay, all, right. all things being equal, we're not at that place. So you're really not all that good of friends. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, now oh. you're now now I'm going down an awkward road here that I'm going to have mm-hmm. to have a follow up convo with Jared about, like I did that last time. So yeah, yeah, yeah let's do it. Keep let's rolling. <laughs> we boys, we've we're 41 minutes deep into this thing. Um, that was two questions, Piper. Did did you have a third, or is that good for today? I think that's good for today. I think that that gives the listeners well, listeners, we are a little bit more focused on the Patreon ones. You know, we usually answer the question and, and land the thing, as opposed to rambling about I don't know whatever we got into emails correcting us and and yeah. uh, aquatic themed churches and then the like. But um, yeah, I think we're good. It, in honor of Ron's new denomination, it's it's time to bring this ship into the shore, Piper. It's wow. time to bring it into the harbor. Beautifully done. Yeah, I know, dude. Beautifully done. I'm just thinking Let's make of... make sure we do that before the ship has sailed. Oh, well, there we go. There we go. Um, uh, Piper and I will expect some... We're going to expect some new Harbor harbor Church swag. So uh, I'll I'll look for my Not sailor's cap in the mail. And, it's uh, coming your way. It's coming your way would, already. Look in your mailbox Ted, right would, would you say that we're bringing this thing into the harbor where we dwell is that uh, oh Piper? See, that's just good radio. Tell us about Dwell Bible, Piper. Oh well, I wasn't even thinking oh, of Dwell Bible. But look, would you look at that? Um, Dwell Dwell is our other sponsor for this episode. So the Dwell Bible app, uh, the audio Bible app that we've partnered with for several months. Uh, listeners will be familiar with it, but this is just an encouragement to go check out Dwell. If you go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant, there's a place where you can subscribe. It's a uh, 20% discount off of the annual subscription. So it is less than $2 a month. And it's a great way to be in the word and to get the word into kind of the margins of your life, whether it's commuting or working out or doing chores or whatever it is, um, where it's, you know, 
it doesn't take the same focused attention as it would to sit down and read, although we encourage you to do that too. Uh, so you can you can kind of build it into your life a little bit more. So again, go to dwellapp.io slash happyrant, check it out. They have listening plans, they have multiple narrators, they have musical backgrounds, they have a bunch of different features that help you memorize, study, et cetera. So check them out today also. Hyper solid work as always. We love Dwell Bible. And uh, baby, listen, you go back into your brick and duct work place there do lots of good brainstorming uh drawing some glass is is that glass available to be drawn on the glass that i see in the picture can you Uh draw like arrows and flow charts and stuff on there absolutely there's i mean there's i'm literally surrounded by flow charts right now oh man well go be creative make some ideas and uh piper and i will go back to doing whatever it is that we do and we've done what we always done (laughs) we've done what we always do on this program in that we've wandered to and fro throughout some topics and until next time the happy rant is brought to you by resonate recordings if you go to resonaterecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer so if you're considering starting a podcast they are the ones we recommend going with again go to resonaterecordings.com to see their prices to connect with them and ask any questions and to see what they can do to help you launch edit master and improve your podcast Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hard-working pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.